Well, that's the kind of desire we have to have. Rather have Jesus than anything. We have to give him everything we got, don't we? I certainly have enjoyed the sister's lesson tonight. I mean, this morning. And uh, I'm glad that one day when I was walking along and sin one day with seemingly no hope, at the end of the way, I heard the Lord whisper, call him on it was almost as though every meeting I went to, he was pointing at my heart. Until uh, even when I was at home alone and I couldn't go to sleep, I felt the pain of conviction. And I'm thank God for the great day in 1983 when I responded to the call. And I got into the image, the spiritual image and likeness of God, uh, what he intended me to be. Um, my wife took a course in public speaking a long time ago in her college years and she said that the first the teacher was telling her that the first seven minutes of a speech is the greatest attention span and then after seven minutes on most people on average their minds begin to wonder so I figured well I might as well get right to the point and it might be the shortest sermon ever but that's all right too whatever the spirit leaves so. while walking alone it's in one day
right here and it said and God said let us make man in our own image and after our likeness and let us and let them have dominion over the fish and the sea and over the fowls of the air and over the cattle and over the earth and over every creeping thing that was upon the earth so God I believe out of all the mountains and all the animals all the handiwork Man is the greatest creation. We, we are the prime jewel of what he makes. And why are we, you know, in his own image? You know, I got to thinking about that. It made me really think. Does that mean when I get to heaven, he's going to have, we have similar characteristics of God himself, our emotions, our spirit. Will he, you know, we have evidence of uh, in King Nebuchadnezzar when he was at that big banquet there and the hand of God that was as a man's hand formed, wrote on the wall. What would he look like? Well, we certainly want to find out, don't we? Well, we are made like him for a reason, aren't we? And I just believe that. So God created man in his own image and in the image of God created he, him, male and female. But, you know, there's still something missing here, isn't there? You know, he created them. I guess they looked pretty good. Maybe they, you know, looked all right. But we're over here in the seventh chapter. It says, And God and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. I think that made a difference, didn't it? Then they begin to probably manifest those characteristics of, of God and they begin to put it in the right usage. I believe they were in a harmonized standing with God. They were, they were using this special design that God engineered into the things that they should. Ain't that right? Now I'm not talking about the carnal mind. We know that we're born with the carnal mind. That's enmity against God. It's not subject to the law of God. Neither indeed can be. So they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Once we're converted, we're forgiven of what that carnal mind caused. Then we come back and that carnal mind exits this body and soul and leaves it. Then we are a vessel, I believe, sanctified and meet for the Master's use. We become in the spiritual image. We begin to live life out to its fullest, don't we? Everything about us, I believe, our sight is better, our ears, our hearing, uh, our emotions, our attitude, our minds, our feet, everything. Isn't it better? Uh, well, what, let's just, I like what Apostle Paul said about it over here. Um, he said that uh, in, I think it's here, and it's talking about Jesus Christ and his blood. And it says, whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible. Whether they be thrones, dominions, principalities, powers, all things were created by Him and for Him. We were made for God. And people put all this design into other things. And they use it in their minds in this creation. And then what happens? They're not as happy as they could be. We weren't designed for sin, really. In a way, we were made to serve the Lord. But I believe I, there's a song we sing about that. I thought I had it over here. How about this? Our our uh, hands were made to help our neighbor. Our eyes were made to read his word. Our feet were made to walk in his footsteps. Our body is the temple of the Lord. Ain't that right? From the dust of the earth, God created man and his breath made him a living soul. I just read that. 
So God loved the world that he gave his son. That's the reason why I love him so. Because I was made in his likeness. be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. We're going to talk about the mind. I thought I'd go down. The mind. And it says, uh, in, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, least the light of this glorious gospel in Christ, who is the image of God, should shine in them. Where is your mind? God gave you a mind for Him. Where is it? You know, is it in the gutter? Is it warped? What does it say about the mind? Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, it says, who thought it not robbery to be equal with God and made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the what? The likeness of men? Ah, I had it all here. This and took, and he, I know it says he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. That's, what, that's a good starting point, ain't it? It says in another place, as a man thinketh, so is it. And then what does it say over there? I like what Apostle said about the mind. What are we supposed to think about? Whatsoever things are true. Whatsoever things are honest. Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, 
whatsoever things are good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. That's what your mind was created for. To think on those things. Well, then I got to thinking about the, uh, the eyes. <clears throat> How's your vision? What's your focus? What are you looking at? I have a happy vision of a distant better land. There's not a sight of sorrow. What does it say? Gladness, rule on every hand. Evil, what does it say? Float in sweet and concord. Was an endless day of spring. You need to listen in on heaven to hear the angels sing. Well, that's where I was going to read here. I guess I could. I don't know. The members. Um, Matthew uh, 13, I, th- I like what they say here. It says in uh, the 14th verse, And this fulfilled the prophecy of Esaias, which saith, By hearing ye he shall hear, and shall, under- and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see and not perceive. What happens? For this people's heart is wax. Gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest they time they should see with their ears and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart and should be converted and should heal them. You need to put your heart into it, don't you, too? That's something else, too. But blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. What does it say? Look unto the hills which cometh our help. Our help cometh from above. And I like what Apostle Paul experienced. On his way to Damascus. Don't you? He had a message to tell the Gentiles. He says, to open their eyes. To turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God, that they might receive, what, forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among them that are sanctified. We were born to be sanctified. Don't you think that? From the beginning, you are chosen to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and a belief in the truth. From the beginning, I read to you what we were, from the beginning, we were created for His will. What is His will? This is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should have sustained from fornication, that every one of you should know how to possess His vessel in the sanctification and honor. That's what our bodies were made for, is to honor God. I told a lady the other day, she was telling me what she was going to do on the weekend, and I said, I'm careful about what I put into my temple. That's right. Because it says, ye are the temple of the living God, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. And then I like over here in... Corinthians, it says, and this is, this is the apostle talking about the unification of the church and the members and how everybody, no matter how small you are here today, how little, how weak, That's how right. old, how unhealthy, you're a special person with That's God. Right. God gave you that mind, those eyes, the conscience. He gave you feet. What does it say about the feet? That they may be shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Ain't that what it says? That's right. And then it says, walk in the light. That's what we're supposed to do, ain't he? With our feet, as he is in the light. And then what happens? We have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. I'm telling you, there is a reason why we are the way we are. I had some lady ask me, what's the meaning of light? You know, why are we here? We were born to be sanctified, don't we? Well, it just says the body is, is one member 
is not one member but has many. The foot shall say, because I am not of the hand, I am not of the body, is therefore it not of the body? It's part of the body, isn't it? And if the ear shall say, because I am not of the eye, I am not of the body, it is therefore not the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing? What does it say about the eyes? Another one. Uh, if the eye be single, the whole body shall be full of white. That's right. If the whole were the hearing, where were the smelling? But God, this, this is it. But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased him. It pleases him to put all this design and this creation into his will. It just makes sense to do that, don't it? It says, uh, but now are many members, but not yet one body. The eye cannot say of the hand, I have no need of thee. Neither can the feet say, I have no need of thee. And all these members of the body, we think to be less honorable upon these bestowed more abundant honor. For our comely parts are no, uh, have no need, but God hath tempered the body together. Man, he made it just right, didn't he? That's right. Having given more abundant honor to that part which we lacked. And then I got over here, and I just, I just couldn't help uh, kind of jumping all around here. It's all right, isn't it? It's not my Bible. Well, my grandfather's, I thought maybe it might help me out a little bit. Is that all right? I thought about this the other day. Uh, last year, I walked into the... Uh, well, let me just read this here. We know what to be like, don't we? To be the, what to put our bodies and minds. Well, we know what not. It also tells us what not to be. That's right. <laughs> and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye might prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, I just said, what is the will of God? Even your sanctification. From the beginning, that's the will, to be like you. I had gotten a, uh, I got this uh, electric screwdriver with an adapter. Speaking of things, that's designed for certain things. And um, I also had an electric flash, flashlight radio combo deal. And the adapter looked just like the electric screwdriver adapter. Well, I got them crossed up. The next morning, I had no no uh, no light. I used the adapter for the drill. It was not engineered and designed and patented and made and wired for the for the flashlight. We're not really the will of God. We're not designed for sin. You know what? If we go that route, we're not going to work very good. Life will not treat us well. What did Jesus tell his disciples? He says, I come, you know, not just you can exist and everything will be okay, but he says, I come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundant. Ain't that right? Man. Oh, we don't just need to settle for halfway stuff, do we? (laughs) I'm telling you, man, I don't want to settle for less. How can we make a lesser sacrifice when Jesus paid it all? There's a lot of people walking around living beneath their privilege. They're wasting the design. They're wasting this, their talents. They're not cultivating what God has created for you. What a shame, isn't it? I was walking into the cafeteria last year. and I looked up there and there's bird's nest. And, uh, of course, this year I find it interesting. They took the bird's nest down, but they didn't take the hornet's nest down over there. So... <laughs> 
I don't know, man. That, that's kind of messed up. Uh, a, a bee can hurt you worse than a bird. I found out that. Well, these these little birds. There's a there's a swallow bird. Y'all may have heard of them. They got strong claws. And uh, you know how they are. These little birds, when they're young, they stick their heads up, and they're in that little confinement of that nest. And I thought about this, the what sin does to people, how it confines them, it limits them. When they're not putting this design, they're not putting this creation into the things that they should, there's so many limits. And there's so many. Oh, it's just a life of, 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 of limitations. And these little birds, they're sitting up in there, and the mother comes, and they're only limited to whatever the mother brings them. You know, the food that, you know, and it's a certain time and a certain worm, I guess. I don't know what they eat. Um, but these birds, but, but, you know, they get to where they can walk. Yeah, they can walk. They walk around, and they probably go out on a limb. And then they come back and live in the confinement of that nest. So they walk. They can see. They can hold on and on to the branch. But I say the main characteristic and the main function and the main design of a bird is to fly. To spread forth his wings. The God designed for it. That's its main function. I don't care how pretty they are. They got some who can talk and they got all this. A bird's main function, I believe, is, is to spread forth his designed wings and fly through the air. Well, those little birds don't know it. I guess they're young and the mother does. And one day uh, I thought about it, you know, they, they get out on this limb and they, they sit out here and the, and the nest is here and the mother gets in between them and she'll nudge them. And one by one, they hang on to that confinement. They don't want to let go. For some reason, they don't want to let go. It's because they, that's all they've known. And I see a spiritual analogy to that today. People, they lived in sin so long, they don't know how to let go. It's a false sense of security, isn't it? They're living in the confinement. And that mother will begin to bump those birds. And what happens is they finally, they let go. And right before they get near the ground, they pump their wings, you know. And then they start to fly. And I thought about that. They get down to one last bird, they say, and uh, this one wants to be more stubborn than the other ones. Maybe it looks down and it just looks over. It's too far. I've gone too far in sin. You know. And it looks over there and it's scared and it's afraid. It's all it's known as sin. And finally the mother bird, they say, starts pecking on its claws to make it let go. And the pain of the pecking supersedes the security of the branch. And the bird lets go, and just like the rest of them, it gets near the ground, and it pumps its wings, and it discovers an independence. You talk about space. You talk about being able to eat on anything. It flies over mountains, I guess. It flies through valleys. There's no more limitations. There's anything it can have. It can eat. And I thought about this. Uh, it's no longer confined, is it? You talk about freedom and space. And this is something we've known all along, I believe. Hast thou not known? Have you heard it? Yeah, that's right. The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is he weary. There's no searching for his understanding. Get into the image. Get into the will of God. He, had, he says he gives power to the faint. 
We don't have to be confined, do we? And to them that hath no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary. But they that wait upon the Lord, if you have patience and put your design into the service of the Lord, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Just like a bird out of prison I dwelt. No freedom from the sorrow I felt. But when Jesus came, what did He do? He listened to me. And glory to God, He set me free. Ain't that one? And then I got over here in Deuteronomy. It talks about this land. Like I thought about that other song. Like a bird out of prison. That's taking its flight. Like a blind man that God gave back his sight. Like a poor wretched beggar that's found fortune and fame. Aren't you glad you found out that he could bring you out and show me the way and praise God I'm free from this world of sin. Washed in the blood of Jesus. Been born again. That's what's the matter. We were created to be born again. To walk in a harmonized standing with God. And then as a result, when we put everything we got, what does it say? The first commandment to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might, and with all thy strength. What happens as a result of that? Well, what does it say here? For the Lord thy God bringeth in thee to a good land. A little bird flying over to all this land. He ain't in that nest anymore. A land of brooks and waters. I always used to dream that I could fly, you know, and it seemed so wonderful in my dream. Well, you don't have to dream anymore. You can be free. A land of brooks and water, of fountains, depth and springs of valleys and hills. A land of wheat and barley, vines, fig trees, pomegranates, a land of oil and honey. A lot of variety of food, not just worms. Where the worm dieth not and the fire is never quenched. Well, what we got here, we got a variety of things. We got space. We're really living, aren't we? We're really living when we're sanctified. Every facet, form, and when we put it all into God's hand. I just believe we live, don't we? And when thou hast eaten and are full, thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which our God hath given thee. I'm glad I'm in the land, aren't you? When thou walkest by the way, I'll feed thee. What does it say? On the fatness of the land, I'll lead thee. And what do we got? In a mansion in the sky, I'll bid thee. In the high places, I'll bring down. And with an everlasting love, I'll love thee. What is wrong in your life, I'll make it right before thee. When we put it all in this design and image into God, then we really live, don't we? Aren't you glad you're in the image of God, the spiritual image, and you know the meaning of life? Well, it's for you this morning. We want to ask you today, if you don't have Him, well, I'll tell you, you're living beneath your privilege. That's right. Tap into it. Live life like you've never lived it before. So while the congregation stands and we sing a song of invitation, come on up for prayer.